And that was The Smiths with a track called Nowhere Falls from the album Meet His Murder all the way from 1985. Yes, five guys from Manchester who created the blueprint for the 80s indie pop sound. I'm David Eastall and this is The C86 Show. Hello, dear listener. Once again, I'm with you for another 60 minutes as I take you on a joy ride, joy ride down the bibbidi-bobbidi, jingly-jangly road that was or became known as 80s indie pop. We've got an absolutely packed show um, with tracks from the likes of The Darling Buzz, The Orchids, Everything But The Girl, The Copto Twins. Plus, also, I caught up with John Robb from The Membranes and we chat about life, love and poetry plus what life was like in a post-punk indie band and uh, I've got that interview which I've broken up into three easy to digest little segments that I'm going to play throughout this show so all I want you to do sit back, relax and turn up your stereos and because of The Membranes I thought we should start with one of their best songs ever this is a track called Everything's Brilliant I know, isn't it just? Anyway, take it away, John Let's go. 
talk to me in that familiar way when the keys are in my hand. Don't say that everything is here to stay, and I must try to understand when I'm trying not to look into your eyes, trying not to listen to your lies, trying just to keep hold of myself. Oh, but it's hard when you leave me on the shelf. You say I set a path for you to follow. And I've already given in But I only meant for you to taste, not swallow Where I end is where you must begin And try not to look into their eyes Try not to listen to their lies Try just to keep hold of yourself A sweet girl, free of the taints of this world. Thing that's a compliment, don't be so full of sentiment. Why worship sweetness? What virtues there in weakness? Being pushed about is nothing much to shout about. I know. So Jazz-tastic there. That is everything but the girl on the track called Bittersweet from the album Eden. Yes, I remember. And before that, we had the unmistakable and amazing sound of the membranes and the track called Everything is Brilliant. And that's from the album The Best Of. Also, it features on a special triple CD package that came out a couple of years ago on the Cherry Red record label, which was the C86 uh, collection. And now this was um, obviously the C86 cassette came out in um, 86 and being put together by the one and only Neil Taylor, and that featured 22 tracks. Anyway, decades later, Neil um, then decided to put it out with 60, something like 66 tracks and the membranes features on the reissue and probably they should have been on the original but no one knew how important that little cassette was going to be from the NME. Anyway that's me this is David Easel this is the C86 show bringing you the finest in indie pop from the golden decade that was the 80s and we've got a lot of firsts actually that have probably never been played on radio ever indeed we have including a really obscure track by a band called Jane Plain and the um Vondells, yes. And the reason that um, I'm playing that, apart from it being absolutely fantastic, it does feature the one and only um, Lou Duffy Howard, who went on, who was the bass player, who went on to be part of the Red Guitars, who we all grew to love, all the way from Hull, which is going to be the City of Culture in 2004. 
17. So do check that out. But the other first, and this has never been played on radio before, is a new one from We've Got a First Box and we're going to use it. This is a track called Supernova. And uh, like I said, I think you're going to like it. Go, go, go.
Indeed, are we ready to rebel? I'm not sure. But anyway, that was James and the track called Are You Ready from the album Strip Mine. And before that, we had the very exciting sound of We've Got a First Box and we're going to use it. Uh, the track called Let's Go Supernova. And um, that's their new single that has just come out. So it's probably never been played on radio before. So, yes, a world first there. I love the line, Children of the Universe. And they're going to be touring with the wonderful, uh, the wonder stuff, actually, this coming autumn. It might have already started come autumn, winter, actually. Um, so if you want to check out the Fuzzbox, you can sort of find their stuff on probably Twitter and also Facebook. And uh, yes, I think they've got a website. But yes, go out, buy Let's Go Supernova, download it, whatever. It is absolutely brilliant. Anyway, this is David Esau. This is the C86 show. And today it's a bit of a special on the membranes because I caught up with the uh, bassist and lead man, John Robb, just very recently to talk about life, love and poetry and all that kind of stuff. And also we did talk a lot about Blackpool because that's where he's from. And let's face it, Blackpool is a great place and this is um the first part of this interview I and mean, this is where i ask him one of those most exciting questions about the beginnings of the band and this is it take it away rob well i think for a lot of people um who about my age uh, punk was really punk rock was really inspiring it was because before that there was, you didn't really have an idea you could be in a band i mean that was for people who could play you musical instruments. Well, actually, that made people like you actually even in bands at all. You know, it's like there was one band at school that was like a joke band, but then punk came along and, and then everybody was forming bands. And that classic kind of thing at that time, the ideas were far more important than the technical ability. So it's interesting, I was interviewing Peter Hook the other week and he said he still can't really play the cover versions. Right. He could play his own stuff and I thought that was really post-punk, this idea that you just went ahead and made music you could hear in your head and somehow your hands would follow. Mm. And that, that was so so typical at the time, you know, whereas before and nowadays people learn loads of cover versions, rehearse loads. And, I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, it's just a different way of making music. Yes. But for us it was all about, there wasn't much time, get up there, do it, and you could hear this music in your head and you tried to play it. Um, I think it was quite flawed a lot of the time because the music went in our head was probably a bit too complex for what we could actually do with our hands. But... Um, so that's the weird thing about the way it's gone for us, because like all these years later, we finally uh, managed to make the music we could hear. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Because actually, because this is um, kind of 1977, and you were in Blackpool 
at the time, which is, again, I mean, the only other band I know who came from Blackpool was, I think, Ian Anderson from Jethro Tull. Yeah, he went to my school, but he's ten years before me, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> and their first album's a great album. They, they moved down to Weirdly, they moved to Luton, then to London yeah. to pursue the band. So they were a school band, and they they they, they was got a different name at the time, but they play around the um, the clubs, playing like R&B music, you know, old school R&B. But there was other people. I mean, Roy Harper was in Blackpool at the time. Uh, Lemmy from Motorhead, when he was playing the Rocky Vickers, who were a really big band in the Northwest. Yeah. And, he, and Lemmy and Ian Anderson actually knew each other at the time. Lemmy sold him a guitar. Oh, so there's always those little connections. And then in the punk period, there was Section 25. Yeah. And they, they, you know, post-punk band Factory. Probably their debut albums as good as Joy Divisions, I would argue. They just didn't have the charismatic singer who died young syndrome. But musically, their record is, is you listen to their records, it's an amazing record. It's one of those sort of great lost records. Um, there's a good punk scene as well, bands like The Fits and One Way System, good second wave punk bands. So there's quite a lot of stuff going on in town. Yeah. 50, 60 bands in that kind of post punk period. And obviously, you had yeah, Manchester and Liverpool just up the road as well. Yeah, they were close, but they didn't swamp our scene out. I mean, we were more connected in Manchester because um, Ian Curtis, his favourite band was Section 25, so he'd be up in Blackpool a lot. Tony Wilson would appear now and then. We didn't feel like some outlying suburb of Manchester. We did have our own way of doing things. I think we're always really hampered by people's idea of Blackpool being a candy floss town. I don't think that really super helped, you know, so... There you go. That's uh, We love Blackboard, don't we? Um, yeah, so that's the first part of my interview with John Robb from The Membranes. And as we were talking so much about Blackpool and life in a seaside town, I thought we should play their other single. I know you're going to guess this one. Tatty Seaside Town. Take it away, John.
Chart by Sounds, that's the Darling Birds and track called Burst from the album Pop Said. And uh, for those who may be wondering what happened to the Darling Buds, a couple of weeks ago I uh, interviewed their lead singer, Andrea. And that is um, all being podcast. So go to the um, at the C86 show. You can find me on Twitter or Facebook and uh, you'll see lots of information and previous shows. Anyway, this is David Eastall. And like I said, this is the C86 show. Um, before that, we had the Membranes and the track called Tatty Seaside Town. And that was an interview um, before that with John Robb. And now I've got two more parts of that interview to come out before the end of the show so do stay tuned but anyway recently I was in touch with Lou Duffy Howard who's the bass player with a new band called the Loud Hailer Electric Company who's just released a new album called uh, Curses and um, she was the bass player also with the red guitars but anyway recently there's people been sort of looking at archives and getting sort of um, yes probably sort of just finding old material and records and bits like that Um, there was a release of a band that she was in before the Red Guitars, called Jane Plain and the Vondells. Um, this is a track, I know, from probably 1982, 83. This is a track called Night Ride, and I think you'll love it. And again, I don't think this has ever been played on radio before. Here it is. It fades in, but it will get there.
sensation that makes me strange I thought would never last So I'm drinking out and brew And I'm thinking of you You got the sunshine in your eyes I feel Poetic sounds, that's the orcas all the way from Glasgow. And they were on the Sarah Record label. Um, and for those who may be interested in Sarah Records, I did an interview uh, with Matt last week. And uh, if you want to hear that show again, just go to the, um, yes, the C86 Facebook page. Or, um, yes, or find me on Twitter and you'll be able to locate it. Anyway, that was their um, single from 1988. And before that, we had the unmistakable sound, he says, of Jane Plain and the Vondells, um, which featured the one and only Lou Duffy Howard, who was the bass player with the red guitars and is now in a band called Loud Hailer Electric Company and if you want to know any more information about what she's up to just go to the Loud Hailer Electric Company and uh, they've got a new album out and there's various bits about them on Facebook and if you sort of look at the red guitars as well I'm sure you'll be able to locate it but anyway that's a very early single and a band that she was in before she hit got together with the uh, red guitars anyway look this is David Eastall the C86 show and this is the second part of my interview with John Robb from the Membranes when we talk about the C86 scene and the one and only Neil Taylor who was the NME journalist who put that compilation together and this is it well yeah completely we were so inspired by punk and then we worked out uh, star music that we were really interested in and we found all different ways you can make that music so and we became like a like a cult band. The old John Peel would play us, get reviewed by newspapers, and we could tour around the world. We, you know, we toured Europe a lot. We toured America a few times, and we we're on Homestead Records. So we were label mates of like Sonic Youth and Big Black, and they were our contemporaries, really, in a lot of ways. And uh, this, and it, what was interesting in the context of C86 is that when that record came out, for some reason we didn't get put on that record, which is kind of odd. Because all the bands that supported us in the two, three years before that were all on that record, and we weren't, which is, uh, which, which is, I mean, it wasn't like our um, all we ever wanted to be was on the C86 album. But it's, it's weird that now, years later, C86 is used as 
um, it's, it's usually the gauge of what the underground music was in the 80s, and there's loads of bands. It wasn't just us, there's other bands. I mean, Three Johns are a really important band. Yeah. They should have been on there as well, in a sense. You know, and I know they always say, oh, yes, but they were going before, they released records before 1986, but so, so the wedding present and Primal Scream, so... It's, it's, I don't really understand the criteria of why the band's put it on. And to give Neil Taylor credit, who compiled C86, when they did the new one on Chair Red, he did put us on it and he apologised for missing us out the first time. Yes. But it, but it makes it a bit difficult for us in a place like Japan if you were about 25 years old and you were getting into uh, kind of underground music from Britain from the 80s. They, they tend to use C86 as their template and they think that's all that was going on yeah. because we're not on it. They don't know we existed, which is... Which is kind of annoying because a lot of the bands that are on that record, they get, like I say, they supported us, but a lot of them, um, uh, a lot, a lot of them, like kind of interested in what we were doing or inspired by what we were doing, made their own versions of it. But so, so now when people look at it the other way around, we look like a band that came after C eighty six. Yeah, and actually, you you probably sort of influenced because I have sort of spoke and interviewed quite a few, and most people from that period, and most sort of formed about. 84, 85, so they were just kind of getting their first single out and then they suddenly got on that cassette. And at the time, I mean, the NME used to bring out those cassettes all, you know, because I started collecting them, whether they were country, jazz, reggae, world music and, and the like, because, they, they, you know, there was a time when the NME was an absolutely essential weekly read, wasn't it? You'd sort of look forward to a Wednesday morning when you could grab hold of it. So I suppose at the time, no one really, really realised that the C86 cassette was going to become probably one of their most popular releases at that time. Yeah, no, well, or, or just just use as a sole <coughs> sole guide to a, <coughs> a sole guide to a very complex and detailed music culture. It just boiled down to about twenty bands. When it was about forty, fifty bands. And, but I mean, it wasn't just the enemy. The, the other the other music, played, well, sound. I mean, I did write sound. It's slightly biased, but I think sound is probably better because it was um, it was more open to new bands and it seemed to be a bit more in touch. The, the, the enemy was. It always seemed to me very London orientated. I mean, it's good, there's good writers on the enemy. There you go. That's uh, uh, John Robb from The Membranes talking about life on the C86 cassette, or not. But anyway, he's The Membranes are now on the uh, the reissue that came out a couple of years ago that had been put together by the one and only Neil Taylor. And I do believe there's about 60-plus um, songs on there. And uh, it comes on a beautiful triple-pack CD from the Cherry Red record labels. Anyway, um, I've got one more bit of the interview with John. But before that, we're going to hear a little bit of the Copto Twins and a track from Treasure called Beatrice. Thank you. 
And roll that is the scream and blue messiahs and a track called i want to be a flintstone from the album bikini red and um as you may know if you've listened before to this show the c86 show this is david so yes i'm a bit obsessed with david bowie and that was one of his favorite bands from the 80s and uh, he was always banging on about the scream and blue messiahs and actually they toured with him or had a few dates on the glass spider tour which happened in about 87 and before that we had the Cotto twins and the track called beatrice from the album treasure if you want to contact me you can on facebook or twitter which is just at C86show and you'll see a very groovy logo and um, yes, I'm David Esau so do get in touch because we always love your messages and last week, as you may have gathered I played a track or did quite a few records by the one and only Sarah Label um, and this was the first release they ever did back in 87 this is The Sea Urchins and a track called Pristine Christine and I think it's rather nice and be- after this I'll be playing the third part of my John Robb interview <laughs>
Beautiful stuff there. That's the Sea Urchins, a track called uh, Pristine Christine that came out on Sarah Records, uh, the Sarah Record label, and that was their first ever release. Uh, this is David Esau on the C86 Show, and this is going to be the third and final part of my interview with the one and only John Robb from The Membranes as we talk about what happened towards the uh, latter half of the 80s with the, with the band. This is it. Well, I, th- I think, um, like all bands, have a time span, so... Uh... And towards the late 80s, when Acid House came along, that was just far more fun than being in a band, and I think that distracted a lot of people for a few years. So so I think that's why we just, you know, you're just thinking, oh, God, they're not that interested in play a gig somewhere. We could just run around Manchester having a great time. So, yeah, so that was, a, that was a fantastic distraction. And there's a whole attendant, varied music scene on the side of that that was really interesting as well. So um, we just took 26 years off. I mean, we didn't really split up. We just, we just sort of drifted into doing nothing and 26 years later started again. Yes. And, and doesn't everybody? Yeah, the, well, I kind of, after interviewing quite a lot of the bands from the sort of the, the sort of the, the indie 80 scene, I think five to six years is almost the maximum and either something goes wrong or everyone just goes, actually, I'm really fed up and bored, I just really need a break. So, and then... And well, yeah, well, people get real lives of kids and also there's, there's a finite uh, number of times you can make... Uh, that kind of music work, and you run out of versions or variations of it. Yes. But when we started again, we, we managed to find a lot more different variations. You know, it's um, we just got another big creative sort of rush, really. So 
And when we did make a record when we formed, we didn't have any idea that anybody else would like it. We just purely made it for ourselves because we just want to make one record that I could, I could listen to myself and not feel really disappointed. Yeah. And then bizarrely, it, um, it got loads of great reviews and did pretty well, so... And did it feel enjoy? I mean, with the other members of the band, did you feel that there was things that you could just kind of leave behind, or things that you could just say, "Could we just have a bit of an honest chat and then move on?" and and all kind of hold your hands up and say, "Okay, I was sometimes a bit of an ass as well." Or did that not happen with your with your? Well, there's only one other former member in the band anyway, so um, I, just, I just I just had ideas of way the way I wanted the music to sound, and I, just, I, I was already working with some really good players in Goldblade so I just worked with the drummer and the guitar player for Goldblade and from one point we did have Steve Hanley play bass for a few months but in the end because I was a bit the original bass player in the membranes and I was kind of showing them a lot of the bass lines I think it's actually going to be easy if I just played the bass and well the minute we, I went back on the bass the whole sound just sat back in place again because right. a, a lot of the original sound the band it was built around the bass guitar anyway you know it was a key instrument there you go. That was John Robb from the Membranes talking about, uh, yes, the life of a band. And I do believe they are playing because they played uh, in Norwich twice quite recently and the last time was supporting the Sisters of Mercy, that great Gothic band from the 80s who are still going. Look, this is David Eastall's C86 Show. If you ever want to contact me, you can on Twitter or Facebook. It's just at C86 Show. You can't miss it. This is Future Radio 107.8 FM. And um, because of the John Robb connection, I think it's time to play the time warp. Here it is.
Rock and roll, there you go. That was the mem- Membranes and Time Warp. And thank you ever so much to Do- John Roll for giving me the time for that particular interview. And this pretty much brings it to the end of the show, actually. I just realised, looking at the clock. So I'm going to have to say goodbye. Thank you ever so much for listening. And thank you to all the people who've um, helped contribute to this show. Um, you know who you are. I'm going to leave you, yes, and if you want to get in touch, just go to at C86show and uh, contact me, David Eastall, and I'll, um, I'll feel wanted and loved. And that was all that matters in life, really. Um, um, so yes, go and hug hug anybody that you can find um, in a nice and groovy way. But anyway, look, I'm going to leave you with the primitives and a track called Really Stupid. Have a great week. Take it away, Tracy. Tracy.